At Life Tree Community Church, we believe that we are the church. It's not a building, a program, or a tradition. A church is people. You and I are the church, and we have influence. We have responsibility, and we have the honor and privilege of being called God's church. Each of us is part of that church, and that includes you. All right, so I invite you to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. That'll be page uh, 510 in the soft cover Bibles that are in your seats there. And uh, you can, as you're turning there, um, what I want to share with you this morning um, is probably one of the single greatest lessons I've ever learned in my entire life. How's that for an opening? Come on. Like, this is probably one of the most impactful, if not the most impactful lesson. It literally changed my life, and it started in March uh, 2008, almost Ten years ago, uh, you know, exactly. Um, I flew to uh, Orlando, Florida, to Southeastern uh, University, which is in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, we're going there again in in a few weeks. Um, So that's where uh, I wanted to go to college, but didn't get to. I ended up in Pennsylvania. That's probably the root of my hatred for... The Eagles is I had to go to school in Pennsylvania. I wanted to go to Florida, but no, it's all right. God had better better plans. That's where I met Kevin and Nikki and Dre and Carrie, so it was all good. But I didn't want to go. Um, So anyway, about 10 years ago, I flew to Orlando after college, and we were there for like a leadership conference. And it was really cool. We got to hear from a lot of different people. They had like Tony Dungy, and it was right after I think the Colts had won the Super Bowl that year. Um, You know, big speakers, Rick Warren and big, you know, famous pastors and business leaders like Patrick Lencioni and Marcus Buckingham, and it was really neat. We actually got to hear from Colin Powell. Like, it was, like, awesome. Like, it was, like, the conference of all conferences. It was, it was an incredible time. It was three days, um, and it was called the Leadership Forum. It was absolutely fantastic. And for a young, you know, for a young pastor, it was just, it was, it was amazing. I, I loved it. I was soaking it all up. But one of the speakers there, his name was Wayne Cordero. I think I got a picture of him here. Um, See if we can get that up there. Wayne Cordero. Here we go. So I'm jealous of Wayne Cordero. Um, if you don't know, he pastors a church called New Hope in Oahu. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Hawaii. So he pastors in Hawaii there, this church. Um, and uh, he walked out, and I had no idea who he was. I'd never heard of him before. And all I knew is that he's a pastor from Hawaii, and already I'm like, dude, this guy's smart, he's got it going on, he picked Hawaii, all right, good man. Um, and he says, we are in the middle of a famine. I was like, oh, that's a good opening, all right, middle of a famine. He said, we are in the middle of a famine, people are starving. He said, and we are starving for the word of the Lord. People are starving for the word of God. And he said, you know, I, I have a son. He said, my son now is about 30. You may have heard me share some of these stories. He said, my son's about 30. He says, what? my son was little. I used to, you know, sit him in a high chair and, you know, feed him his, you know, a little applesauce and, you know, peaches or carrots and wipe his face and, you know, he'd spit a little bit and make a mess. And it was cute. And I'd put more back in. He'd spit some out. Right? And eventually, you know, I fed my son. He said, what if... What if, like, now at 30, my son came to me and he was gaunt and thin and frail? He says, Dad, Dad, I'm I'm hungry, Dad. He says, you know what I would say to my son? 
said, I'd say, feed yourself because you're 30. I'm not going to feed you anymore. Pick up a fork, get some food and put it in your mouth. He says, but what we have is so many people refusing to feed themselves and instead going to maybe a TV preacher or a, or a website or maybe coming on a Sunday morning and just waiting for, waiting for somebody to feed them. They get a little bit, but it's not enough and they're starving. And you've heard this throughout much of probably my preaching because this message 10 years ago has echoed and reverberated throughout my life. And he began to talk about the importance of not just reading the Word of God, but actually learning and consuming and interacting with the Word of God in a way that has changed my life forever. And he said, at one point, he was doing the Bible reading plans. If any of you got the Bible reading plans in the back out there, you read those? Anybody? How many of you got the Bible reading plans? Okay. If you don't have the Bible reading plan, please pick one up. But just so you know, that's his. It's from his church. They developed that. And so he starts talking about this reading plan. And at that time, he said, talk about a few years prior, he had been reading through the story of Joseph. If you remember the story of Joseph, was a young man, youngest of many brothers, you know, technicolor coat, that Joseph. And Joseph had this experience where he was a servant in the house of a very powerful man. And that man's wife tried to get Joseph to do some not so good things with her. And Joseph was like, uh-uh, not doing it, right? And Joseph just said, I'm, I'm, he resisted, he ran, he gets in trouble, he gets thrown in jail because she accuses him of doing stuff. It's a big mess. Um, but Joseph holds true to his integrity, his character, refuses to violate his principles, and he goes away. He said he had just been reading through Joseph, and this guy's from, from Hawaii, and he was in the Denver airport because he had been speaking at another conference or something there. And as he's in the airport, uh, he's flying out the next day. He went down to like a restaurant uh, in the hotel to have some dinner. And as he's there... He's having a just nice dinner by himself, and, a, and, and a, a woman comes up to the table, well-dressed, and she says, excuse me, sir, how are you enjoying your meal? And he goes, oh, must be the concierge. She goes, this, this is great. This is great. Thank you. It, it's, it's very good. She goes, and, and how are your accommodations at the hotel? And he goes, it's great. Loving it. It's great. Yeah, the room's fine. Thank you. She goes, and do you have a, uh, you know, a queen or a king-size bed? And she began to, and he said, and it began to dawn on me that she wasn't working. She was working. And he said, in that moment, I had a thought. And he said, this is the thought I had in that moment. Nobody will ever know. Pastor. Christian. Nobody will ever know. And he said, literally, for him, says, out of the corner of my eye, I saw Joseph standing in the corner of the room going, and run out. And he said, in that moment, I looked up at the woman in the middle of my dinner and said, I'm sorry, I just saw a friend. I have to go. Got up. He said, I ran to my room, locked my door, and got on my knees and said, Jesus, 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 help me. And then he began to make this point. He said, you know, People all the time say they don't have time to read the Bible. It takes too much time to sit there and really read every day. They're so busy. We're so busy reading. And he said, you know, had he given in that day, 
said, what would have been the cost? How many years would it have taken him to recover right, from that moment, from that indiscretion, from that decision? How many years would it have cost him right, to try to somehow recover all the credibility, all the character with his family, with his friends, with his church? So then he makes the point, he goes, and I'll never forget, he said, so tell me, does doing devotions take time? Or does it save time? Oh, man. Ten years, I can still remember hearing it like, like lasers as I was sitting in that audience. We can't afford not to read the Bible every day. And not just read it, but engage with it in such a way that we see Joseph. That we see it, that it impacts our every decision, our every moment. God's word contains priceless wisdom for everything you have experienced, are experiencing, and will experience. God sees tomorrow. He knows what you're walking into. He knows the situations. He knows the pitfalls. He knows the dangers. He knows the anxieties. He knows everything you're walking into. And he's willing and able to prepare you for that in advance. The Bible has everything you need to know. And God will, remote, will reveal it at just the right moments. Did it just so happen that he had been reading through Joseph? Do you think that was just coincidence? Or do you think perhaps God knew what was coming and said, I want you reading this so that in that moment you're going to have it fresh in your head? Then Pastor Cordero went on to present a very simple system for daily Bible reading. A very simple system for daily Bible reading. And for the past 10 years, nothing This one better? All right. We need new batteries. I think our rechargeables aren't charging so good. They were fully charged before. All right. Nothing has had a greater impact on my life the last 10 years than this simple Bible reading plan. And he told another story, and I'll tell one more, because it, it, it made sense to me. So just so you know why I read. So he talked about another pastor friend of his who um, had an experience like that but made a the wrong decision. He, he gave in and had a moral failure. And he called the guy up and he just said, hey, what's going on, man? Like, how'd that happen? And the guy said, don't you judge me. He says, no, I'm not, I'm not judging you. But like, how did you like, how did you? And, and it turned out that this guy had been in, you know, a inappropriate relationship for about eight years. He says, how could you continue to preach up there? And then just while you were living that way. And the guy goes, oh, it's, it's very simple. He says, let me, let me tell you. Tell you how I did it. He says, I would get the Bible. I'd do this. And I'd feed everybody else. He says, and what I didn't do is this. He says, I just didn't feed myself. I just fed everybody else. He was starving for the word of the Lord, but feeding everybody else. See, you can look good. You can look Christian. 
You can have the appearance. You can be starving. It's the starving baker. You've ever heard of the illustration of the starving baker, right? It's a super skinny baker. You walk into a bakery shop and you see a baker who's skinny. He ain't eating. He's feeding everybody else, but he is not eating his carbs. For me as a pastor, I have built my life now, these past 10 years, on trying to make sure that I don't skip that step. Because it's so easy. It's so easy just to be like, oh, I got Bible knowledge for everybody else. I know what they need and I'm good. And you're starving inside. And you're gaunt. And maybe today you come to the the Bible and you say, you know what? I want to read this. I want to know what it says. But every time I pick it up, I get nothing out of it. It just doesn't connect. It doesn't seem to have any integration to my daily life. So today, I hope that this simple system I'm going to show you, it's going to be a really practical message. It's not going to be like inspiring. It's going to be like really very simple. I'm going to share what he shared that day 10 years ago. But I can promise you, it changed my life. And hopefully, it will do the same thing for you. So here it is. It's called, you ready for this? It's called soap. Some of you have heard of soap before. Some of you haven't, but it's called soap. All right. And that's it. It's a very simple system. Um, And I'm going to break it down. Soap basically makes the truth that we can't afford to miss unforgettable because we need to know what God wants to tell us. Um, So here's the basics of soap. Here's what you need for soap. You ready? You need a few things. You need a Bible. If you don't have one, take one out of the out of the seats right now. Really, take them, please. Take a Bible, okay? You need um, a plan, a Bible reading plan. If you don't have a Bible reading plan, you can go get one on the back table. You can go onto the app, the Bible app, and get a plan, all right? Just have a plan. doesn't matter what plan. Just a plan. Have a plan. Very simple, okay? You need a pen. You don't have a pen? We gave you pens. Look at this. I'm trying to make sure you have no excuses, all right? You know what else? You need a journal. Did you guys all get the journals in your, in your uh, were they in the programs today or no? No, on the way out, I think that's what it is. On the way out, we have journals for you. So you will get a journal for the next week, a very simple journal, just a week-long journal, um, simple little paper, but it will have soap in there, all the instructions and all this kind of stuff. So you have a journal now. I use other journals, um, things like these, but if you want to use a regular paper journal, you can. And then what you need is um, about 15 minutes. Again, if you're going to argue about time, I refer, refer you to the previous story, okay? We make time for what we want to make time for. Clear? Yes? Agreed? Okay. You can watch Netflix. You can do this. Right? We make time for what is important to us. Right? If you're a Wheel of Fortune fanatic and you're not going to miss... I don't know which one is here. Somebody does not want me speaking this message today. Here we go. I'm going to do it anyway. All right. But this one, yeah. <laughs> I just think we need new batteries. Yeah, that's all good. So this one's wired. So hopefully if this one dies, I'm going to just yell really loud. All right. Um, so you need 15 minutes. We're not victims of our schedule. We make time for what we want to make time for. If music helps, use it. Don't put headphones on if you've got kids around. If you just need to, you know, use music. If music distracts you, turn it off. Okay, there you go. Uh, Basically, just pretend like this is the most important conversation you're going to have all day, okay, because it is. 
This is the most important conversation you will have all day. 15 minutes, that's it. Sometime. All right, so here we go. S. This is what is, I'm going to break it down for you. Here's soap. S is scripture. And this is what he shared with us that day, 10 years ago. Scripture. Basically, you're going to have your plan. Say, okay, here's the scripture I'm going to read today. All right, and before you read, I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you just close your eyes for a second before you read the scripture and say, Dear God, help me to see what you want me to see. That's it. Just pray and say, God, would you highlight a verse or a word or a phrase, whatever I need to know for what's coming that I don't know, whatever revelation. Remember, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Right? We're new people in a new day needing new revelation. God, whatever it is I'm going to need to know, would you point it out as I read? So I'm going to come into the reading with expectation. That God, you're going to point something. Something's going to just be like, boom, blaze out at me. And then as you're reading, you're going to listen for God to emphasize something. Very simple. Okay, so what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to actually do that. So my message this morning is kind of like an application of soap. All right, so we're going to have Ecclesiastes. You're there, chapter 11. Um, and I'm going to read. And before I read, um, as I'm reading, this is... Uh, Wisdom literature, so this is King Solomon talking, basically sharing his observations about life. Um, this is actually one of the first soaps I ever did. After It was, it was just like a few weeks after hearing this message. I did this myself, so I'm, I'm going through this. So you, this is, these are my deepest thoughts from 10 years ago. Don't be scared. Um, as I read it, I'm gonna, so we're going to read the text, and as I read it, I want to ask you, just see if anything jumps out at you as we read this passage. See if God points out anything to you as we're reading it. And just something, a verse, a word, a phrase, anything. So here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Send your grain across the seas, and in time, prophets will flow back to you. Again, wisdom literature, just what Solomon's observed about life. Next, verse 2. But divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. Verse 3. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Verse 4. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Verse 5. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. And finally, verse 6. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Okay, so I don't know if something stood out to you there. Something 10 years ago jumped out at me. Okay, something, and it may not be the same thing that jumped out at you, and that's okay. But for me, it was verse 4, where it said very simply, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant plant. So I wrote that down in my journal. I wrote down. So scripture, I wrote, I wrote an S in the margin, and then I wrote, the farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. And then we move on to the next step, which is O, which is observation. So why did that stand out to you? What do you notice about that? What does that mean to you today? Like, why that? Why do you think that that verse just jumped off the page at you? And I'm going to tell you what I wrote in my journal from that day. I wrote this. There is never a time when the conditions are perfect and remain perfect. Things keep changing and moving forward. Waiting for ideal circumstances results in lost opportunities altogether. 
See, I want to capture what I'm thinking at that moment about the truth and the wisdom that I've just read. Very simply, farmers who wait never plant. Any of you waiting for perfect environments? You're waiting. Maybe you have a decision and you just know that you're waiting for perfect. Well, it's not ready yet. I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting until the time is right. It's not the right time yet. It's not the right time yet. And if those who are related to you, if I said to them, will they ever make a decision? They're going to go, no. Because they keep waiting for perfect situation. The farmers who wait for perfect weather, they don't ever put the seed in the ground. Just stand around waiting and waiting and waiting. So you just write down your observations. What is it that you notice about that? Right? We make excuses all the time. Make excuses about why are we, you know, why we don't do things or why we can't do things or you know, what, what, what we're waiting for, what we're looking for, what we're hoping for. And, and we just continue to delay and delay and delay. Observation. Move on. A. Application then. Okay, so once you write down, this is the scripture. This is what I notice about it. Here comes, right, the most important part of all of this. All of this. Very simply, what am I going to do about that today? Today. You've got to be brutally ruthless with this one. You've got to bear down and come up with a single action step for today. Okay? I needed to write down a very specific plan of action. At that time in my life, I actually can go back and show you the journal. I was considering an academic degree program and was wondering if the time was right. I was, and I was hemming and hawing and going back and forth. Um, and my action step was to evaluate if my concerns about timing were valid, or was I just making some fear-based excuses about why I wasn't pulling the trigger on that one. And I ended up not doing it at that time. So, uh, but that was, that was my, that was where I was. I was like, am I, am I living here? Am I making excuses? Am I waiting for perfect weather? And it's never going to be perfect. And I can tell you, this past year, I completed that degree, ten years later. And, the perfect time never came, just in case you're curious. This was not a perfect year for it. But sometimes you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Another action step could be asking, is there anything that I am delaying doing? Am I excusing my inactivity because I'm waiting for a day that will never come? Is there any area of my life I am waiting for perfect weather and I just need to plant? Action step. What are you going to do about that? Stop making excuses about and fill in the blank. What's your action step? Perhaps you know it and you say, you know what, today, I just need to do this. I just need to do this. I've been waiting. I've been putting it off for too long. I don't know what your action step is. Find it. Make one unique to you, your life, and do it. See, application is critical. James says this. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to God's word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Fortunately, we're in a selfie-obsessed world, so we never forget what we look like. We're all infinitely aware, constantly, of what we look like. But the glance was pointless. It was wasted effort. He says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Let me ask you, have you ever walked up to somebody new, introduced yourself and said, hi, what's your name? 
they tell you. It's about a half second later, you have no idea what they just said. It was great to meet you, brother. Bro, man, dude, I don't know. I have no idea what your name is, right? It was actually more harmful for you to ask and not remember. Because had you, had you not asked, you could ask later and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. But now that you asked and didn't remember, now if you ask, you look like a jerk. And you don't want to look like that, right? Reading the word of God and not doing anything about it, it's wasted effort. It's actually worse because you put it in there and you're not going to do anything about it. So now you have the appearance of something. You've deluded yourself into thinking that you're good, but you haven't done anything with it. It's sort of like, not to make light at all of any eating disorders, but it's like binging and purging. I've eaten. I throw it all up. And I get no nutritional value, but I've, I've tricked my body into thinking I've eaten. And I'm dying on the inside. Later, James applied this to all of faith. And you've heard that. Probably you've heard the passage before. He says, what good is it if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Right? Can that kind of faith save anyone? He says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. You say, goodbye and have a great day. Stay warm and eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, seeing and saying are good, but unless there's action, it's not enough. It says, unless faith produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Dead and useless. These are some really gentle words. Really gentle words. He says, you may say, you know, I'll show you my faith. You know, um, you know I have faith, you have works, but we're both good. I, I, I just have faith. And he says, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? You say you have faith for you believe there's one God. He says, good for you. Even demons believe that. He equates people who believe and don't do anything about it with demons. <laughs> he says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And he goes on to talk about other people, Abraham and Rahab and these things. And he says they were shown right with God by their actions. So I propose that as faith without actions is dead, so reading without applying is dead. It is useless. It is wasted energy. Don't even do it. If you have no interest or intention of actually applying, hey, listen, keep reading the word of God because it might get through eventually. I don't know. It's better not, I guess. But it's not what it's meant to be used for. You need to apply it. Faith plus action is life-changing. Reading without application is flatline. So, here's the scripture. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. My observation, we're always waiting for something and making excuses. So what's the application? Today, this is what I'm going to do about it. I need to look real hard at this decision and say, why am I? And listen, I don't want, it doesn't mean I just need to, you know, Jump into everything. But I need to think through, am I making excuses or is, this, is there a time for this? And then finally, you move to the last step, which is prayer. And let me tell you, I write down my prayers. There's too many squirrels. You know what I mean? Trying to pray, thinking, and what I have to do today, who I have to text back, right? 
you've got all these other things going on. I wonder about this. And, you know, you start thinking about this kind of stuff. I'm not really good at praying in my mind. Just too many things going up. So I, I, I actually write out my prayers. I, I literally write them down word for word. Um, and that's how I, that's how I do it. So what I start with is this. God, I thank you that you are. If you're taking notes, I really think this is important. It's really helpful. Two things I want you to write when you do prayer. One, what did you learn about God? What does this reveal? What does that text reveal about who God is? Right? Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Right? That God is not bound by the weather. God is not bound by the circumstances. That the timing of God doesn't depend on what I see. If God tells me to plant it, I'm like, but God, it's a little rainy outside. He's going to say plant. When God says throw the net on the other side, and you go, but God, I was there all night. He says do it anyway. See, God's timing has nothing to do with what we can see. That's, so, God, I thank you that your, your vision, your perspective is greater than mine. You see what I can't see. Your sense of timing is better than my sense of timing. So, God, I thank you that you have perfect timing. And God, I thank you that you know just when it's the right moment. And then the second thing is, and God, since you are the God of perfect timing, I ask you that. So what have you learned about God? And based on what you've learned about God, what are you going to do in response? What's your prayer? So from my journal, I wrote this. Jesus, please help me to have the courage to move when I should, the patience to wait when I should, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's what I wrote that day. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. God, give me, God, since you have all wisdom, give me the patience to wait when I should, the courage to move when I should, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's my prayer for that day. And that's it. We have just now successfully soaped Ecclesiastes 11.4. Give yourselves a round of applause. That's awesome. Good job. Now, a few other thoughts. For me, to help me remember these things, I title them. I title every soap. So this one I called waiting for the weather. Waiting for the weather. Very simple. It just helps keep it memorable in my head. Makes it sticky, they say. Helps me remember it. I date it. And then what I do next to it is I put, like, what's the theme for this one? And the theme for this one was excuses. And so what you'll see. There we go. see which one. Here. Like right now, it's my current journal right now. My reading plan. back i index i have problems i know i own it it's okay so here are all the titles just for this journal the scriptures the theme and the date okay so these here are all of my journals for about the last 20 years so that's 20 years worth of journals i don't i don't write very i keep it tight but that's 20 years worth of journals right there um, I counted there are 366 soaps that I've done uh, in the last 10 years. So I don't do like a, a ton of them every day, but like those are the ones that, that I've titled. And let me just tell you that when I preach here, it comes out of here because I didn't skip this step. I'm not just going to the Bible and doing that. I'm only preaching things that God has already spoken to me because it's, it's in here, right? I'm telling you without exaggeration that this is the single most important thing in my life. This daily time with God where he has equipped me and prepared me for things. So each, we've identified this as a year of multiplication. 
that God wants to do, multiply new life in and through us. And we talked about X factors, that X factors each month we're going to do another, just sort of an opportunity for you to develop and let God grow faith in you. Last month, January, was uh, memorizing Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. So now it's February, first Sunday in February, a new month, a new X factor. So can you guess what the X factor for February is going to be? There you go, soap. Yes, so we're going to encourage you, if you'd like, I challenge you, soap your devotions as many times as you can each week. Right? If you can get to three or four a week, that would be great. In the beginning, I was soaping a lot more than I am now. I'm, I'm dirtier now. No, I, I just, I, I was just very eager and, and I had, I was fresh and, you know, now that I go through these things, I still see new things though. I, like still, it just, it ebbs and flows. Don't feel pressure to actually have to write something down every day, but always go into it with an expectation. God, can you? Is there something you want to speak to me today? Give me ears to hear you. And every day that, that I, I can, I write down stuff and let me tell you, it makes a huge difference in my life. I'm going to skip for a minute. On May 10th, 2009, I read Second Samuel verse, uh, chapter 18. It was a story about a young messenger who was too eager and let his king down. His name was Ahimaz. He was a runner. And it was titled, Step Aside. It was about patience. And there was something I was going through at that time in my life, and God told me, Wait. Wait. That was about a year before we left to start this church. And I was actually, I went back in my journal, and I was considering going to another town, to another church. And God told me, wait. Can I tell you, I'm glad I listened. And do you think God had right timing for me there? That was, that was it for me. I needed to hear that. And on January 12th, 2010, I read Proverbs 12:12. It said, the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. Huh. I titled that one Root to Fruit. Huh. That was ten months before we even started the church. I didn't have a, our mission, our vision yet. It was born out of this. Before we ever started this stuff. And then on April 5th, 2011, I read Ruth. It says, and as it happened, Ruth found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz. And I, I titled that one, It Just So Happened. And that was three years before we ever shared a series by the same name that became part of our language here at the church of describing the miraculous activity of God as it just so happened. Which I probably say too often now, but I can't help it because God keeps doing things. I go, yeah, it just so happened, just so happened, it just so happened. That's just what we call God at work. And it started here because God spoke it. I hope you understand what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to just communicate. I think this is important. I think this is important. I think this is the difference between I have faith and I believe and I'm making a difference. Because when you hear God and respond in obedience and are responsive, you have no idea the echo it has in other people's lives. If Wayne Cordero had not read Joseph, there might have been a different outcome on that day. Had there been a different outcome on that day, I don't hear him at that conference. And if I don't hear him at that conference, I'm not doing this. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not the person I am today. And I'm probably not here. Very simply. And neither are you. So this changed your life, whether you know it or not. It has changed 
my life. Investments multiply over time. Right? We know this. Right? Money. The best way to save money is incrementally over time. Just keep saving, saving, develop a habit of it. Fitness. You ever try and cram fitness? You know, I don't work out for like three months, but today I put in like 12 hours. Yeah, I want to see you tomorrow. You can't cram fitness. It's, 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 it's an investment over time, eating right and good habits and, and taking care of your body. The same thing with experiences, right? Over time it develops. Well, let me tell you, faith, over time you begin to catalog. And God speaks and he speaks and he speaks. And there are things God is speaking in, that, are, that I'm going back to now that he spoke 10 years ago. There's no better investment than allowing God to speak into your heart and give you application for the word of God. If you're reading this and you're going, I like it, I don't get it, it's really not making much of a difference in my life. Soap. Soap. I don't know, I can't say it any louder. I'll stop. It's a brand new day, and we need wisdom. And here's what I want to end with this. And Nikki, you can come on up. I'm going to close with this. Occasionally, I read this quote from Sir Winston Churchill. And it reminds me why I need to overcome my feelings and keep listening. Right? When, when I just feel like I don't feel like reading today or ah, just I'm too busy or I'm making excuses, you know. When I want to make excuses for why I don't read, I come back to this verse and it is this quote. And it says this, to each, you may know this, to each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered a chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitting to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. You have no idea what tomorrow is going to hold. But there may be a moment where you have an opportunity to do something changes eternity and God wants to speak into your heart today wisdom or understanding or truth that you will need in that moment and if you will not read today you will not be ready for when it comes tomorrow again it's an investment it's an investment planting a seed and cultivating it and letting it grow and take root. The best time to plant a tree 20 years ago. Second best time today. Maybe you're here and go, I don't have that kind of wisdom. Listen, start something today. Plant seeds in your life and let God bring it from root to fruit in your own life. I believe if we'll commit to this, we'll be ready for whatever life brings us. And this year multiplication, God wants to do it, and he wants to multiply faith in us. Again, on your way out, we're going to give you journals. You've got pens. You've got Bibles. You've got Bible reading plans. only thing you've got to do is find 15 minutes. That's my challenge to you. So we're going to close in prayer and give you a chance to... On the back of your connection card, if you've got a prayer request or something, take an action step, commit to something. Say, but would you consider that? If you got any questions, email me. I love talking about soap.
I could do this all the time. I think it's that important. I'll show you my journals. I'll show you how I do it. I got no problem. Please, I'd love to help any way I can. Let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, I believe that you have a word for us each and every day. And though what you spoke yesterday was good, but we need something new today. Lord, I ask you to help us to take your word and allow it to change every moment of our life, to address our fears, our concerns, our decisions, our choices, our hopes, our dreams. Lord, our work, our relationships, our leisure time, our rest. Lord, in everything we do, would we allow the Word of God just to influence us, to shape us, to mold us? Lord, help us to grow from root to fruit, God. Would you do that in our own life? I thank you. And Lord, may we not wait for perfect weather. We might say, I'll start this in a few weeks. God, will we start today? No delaying. There's no question we need to do this now. Would you help us to do that? I thank you. It's in your great name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreescc.com.